the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to the weekly episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me this week, it's Stepin Stefan. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Um, so a little bit of admin to kick off. Uh, Matt is back soon. Um, he has message from his Holly Holly Bobs, um, and is looking forward to sharing his thoughts on all things Ange Postecoglou and the way we've started the season very soon. Um, thank you to Dan for stepping in last week. He did a very good job. Polynesian Dan, as he's known. He did a good job. Fucking huge, but softly spoken. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. So um, we got a couple of games to talk about, which is going to be rare this season, it would appear. Uh, yeah. uh, with no Europe and now no League Cup. <laughs> um, so yeah, so start off with uh, the League game. Uh, another very good. Solid Ange Postacoglu, Ange Ball. It, it was very good. It was a, a good, solid away win at Bournemouth. Um, I watched the game, really enjoyed it again. Really enjoyed the way we're playing, the movement, the yeah, everything about it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, what about yourself? We we dominated the game pretty much, majority of the game, I'd say. Mm, yeah, um, Madison getting the goal. I mean, what he got there? What the, I think it was the seventeenth, sixteenth, seventeenth minute, and yeah, at sure. no point after that did I kind of go, "Oh, we're in trouble here." Um, I, I did I, feel I a little felt bit very. I don't know why. I just felt very kind of comfortable watching it. Going, no, okay. There, there was a time where, um, and again, this sort of goes to show that I was very much, uh, you know, big and in, um, and and backing him because in that game. There was a period where I felt Bournemouth really got on top of us. Um, started the second half, mm-hmm. and I was watching. I was thinking, oh, you know, they're really on top. And I'm so used to um, very ineffective changes from the manager, etc., and almost kind of like calculated. Oh, I'm not going to make a change now because I'm making a change on 65 minutes, and that's what I've predetermined. You know. Yeah. Sort of with Conte, it felt okay. We're going to hit this minute. Here comes the subs. Uh, um, yeah, I remember that with that um, that Argentine guy. Is it Lamella or something? The manager? No, no. Lamella, Lamella's player manager was That's excellent. It. But that, that was, was like seventy-five minutes. No subs before that. Yeah, so it, it was kind of it was kind of like a bit uh, strange to then see actually no, I'm they're on top at the minute. I'm going to make a couple of changes. You know. Bring on a bit of experience in Perisic and Hoybier. Yeah, who came on and, and did a really great job. They came on, used that experience. Hoybier sort of slowed the pace down a little bit to take the sting out. Perisic managed to use his sort of tactical knife to find space um, and drag people, defenders, etc. And we got yeah. straight back on top and two nil. Um, and from that point, like you said, it was it was cruise control. And the assist for Kulu's goal. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, that was good, a bit yeah. good for this young kid. He's only a very young fullback. Ooh, doggy. He's very young. He's very inexperienced at Premier League level. Well, yeah, but, he's literally played three games. Literally, uh, but 
that move, the one-two, and then to kind of keep the ball in play and get it in front. Kulosevsky's movement was phenomenal. It was, and, and it was really great to see that because we, we all sort of recognise he isn't in the same sort of form, but he's clearly still, you know, got it yeah. there. And and you can sort of see as well that the more, that, you know, it's the third game of Ange Ball, and you can, you can really see the players that are bought right in. Um, and and they're starting to find these little patterns and starting to click in different ways. And Udogi playing that one-two, sort of out wide, and then came in, yeah. which is you know the inverted fullback thing, and then managed to lay that ball back. Yeah, it was it was great. And I think sort of uh, scoring goals like that. I mean the Madison goal, the the through ball to Madison, and the movement for a midfielder to run beyond the striker is just something that wasn't happening at Tottenham for no. like three years. No, I have missed it. Missed it so much. Yeah, I mean, we used to watch Delhi, you know, basically run past the striker on a regular basis and score. Yeah. So to see a midfielder do that again was was special and, you know, sort of like, oh, wow, I remember this. But there you go. Um, Um, I think Saar is one of the players that has really taken to this. Yeah. Like, unbelievably so. A goal in the last game and then in this game, getting that beautiful through ball to Madison to score. Yeah, it was great. I mean, this uh, performance goes because Bournemouth again is another club. It is a difficult place to go. Um, Little small stadium, very impact, very in your face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our fans, our away fans this season have been phenomenal. Um, the home game was phenomenal. The away and I'm always very proud of our away fans. I always, yeah. I always watch an away game and just think, oh, well done, guys. <laughs> you know that's. Uh, yeah, um, men and women of our away fans, I applaud you. That was phenomenal. Um, which kind of brings us nicely to uh, the Fulham game, where from minute one, you could only hear Tottenham in that stadium. They were uh, loud. The away, yeah. the away fans were phenomenal. There was a great number there, um, even in the home end, I'm told by many people. Um and they were they were great. They turned that atmosphere at that stadium to begin with into what sounded like a home game. Yeah, and they rarely stopped. Like there, there was a little bit of time where I think everyone in the UAM was like, "We came here to watch Ange Ball, and this isn't it." Yep, this feels like peak Conte ball. What the hell? We've been conned. <laughs> it was very and strange. So there was a little bit of a lull whilst everyone kind of dealt with that moment of this isn't what we, we paid for and came for. Um, but then, like, they rallied and it was just phenomenal from start to finish, really. Um, so, speaking of the Fulham game, there, there's two aspects I want to talk about. One is, uh, it was the League Cup, um, and obviously uh, we were now out of that. Um, and then the second aspect is the actual performance. So let, let's open up disappointing with, as each other, I think. Well, let, let's open up with the League Cup aspect and the fact we're out. Um, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> me, and you, me and you were talking about... Um, we were just talking about, in general, about different things. Yeah. And a few people have, uh, shall I say, screen-recorded this clip and have sent it in just to say, can you get Stefan's thoughts now? Yeah. Um, basically, in this clip from the show two weeks ago, you said, I think Big Ange will want to win things, 
and we we are you know definitely going to really go for it in the league cup or carabao cup you said yeah i still call it the league cup because i'm old yeah so i didn't disagree with you that i felt that with no europe this season we would really target the cups um Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts now having seen that he made this wholesale team change seemingly you know not actually caring about the league cup um despite what he says i mean that this is how it appears to to us as fans and obviously we have gone out at the first hurdle which is the lowest round we've gone out in so long because it's the first time in so long we've actually been in this round, the second round. It was like the first time in a decade or something crazy, wasn't it? It was, it was something like that, yeah. Um, I think the overriding emotion is disappointment. Yeah. Um, yeah, not just at the result, but at the way the result happened. <clears throat> um, we've had three fantastic games of Angeball. Yeah. And then this game was just we we never seemed at it they were passes going astray there was no movement um positioning wise players seemed out of position it it just didn't i i fully thought genuinely as i said in that f- that first podcast that he was going to take the cup really serious yeah and now i don't i don't for a second believe that Big Ange would have put a squad out to lose. That yeah. that doesn't seem to be his nature. He doesn't seem to be a person that enjoys losing, even if he's like a preseason friendly, you know. Um, yeah. So I don't think he sent a team out there to lose. But I I do wonder if there was a small part of you know showing the rest of the the board and everything. Look, this is what we've got. You know, oh, if I don't, I don't know. if a couple of players get injured, this this is what I've got. Yeah, you know we've got a couple of days left in that transfer window. Let, let's push through a couple of bits and get some of this deadwood out. And you know, this is this is what I got, guys. You know, um, I, I don't know. I mean, in the past with other managers, I'd have possibly said, yeah, I think perhaps this is a message to the board, like a Conte or a toxic ass bastard like that. Yeah, um, where they genuinely don't give a crap about losing a game. But I think you've just said there he wants to win every single game. He's not he's not someone who is gonna throw a cup run to make a point. And I also think that he's come in knowing this is the situation. It is what it is. I, yeah. I don't think he's come in thinking it's going to change. Um I think my my biggest issue with it was that if you look at that squad on paper that squad on paper and how they've played in the games we've seen so far and the games we saw in pre-season. Yeah. I had no concerns about that squad whatsoever. Emerson Royale was already scored a goal this season. Hoybier came on against Bournemouth and, like you said, kind of settled the game down, carved it down, got on the ball. Yeah. Um, Oliver Skip scored two goals against, was it Barcelona in pre-season? Yep. You know, I'm, I'm looking at these players. Um... Solomon, who came on for like his first start and things, you know, I, I look at him and go, yeah, he's a decent, you know, he's got the small, low centre of gravity, quick feet, good on the ball. I'm like, yep, yeah, I've got no problem seeing him play. Um, I think I said in one of the first podcasts, Lo Celso, 
Yeah. He looked completely invigorated by this new system, new manager. And I, I genuinely thought he was going to have a really good season. Yeah. And Ben Davis, you know, Ben Davis is another player who, during pre-season, has looked really good. And then yeah. you put those players I've just mentioned into this squad to, uh, against Fulham, and nothing happened. Um, no. Uh, me and you spoke about it before. Like Ben Davis, instead of doing the inverted run, um, yeah. you know, he literally ran off the pitch to go round the outside of a Perisic. Yeah. Instead of making the dart into the box, you had Oliver Skip, who I am a massive, massive fan of Oliver Skip, had possibly his worst performance in a Spurs shirt. Yeah. Um, Emerson Royale looked like the Emerson Royale of two seasons ago. Yeah. You know, I remember the joke used to be where you know where do attacks go to die? Emerson Royale. Yeah. You know, and the start of this season he's not looked like that, and then in this game he did, and it goes back to something that we spoke about last season. I can't remember if it was on a podcast I did or just me and you talking, but like there there does seem to be a a problem with Tottenham and the Carabao Cup. Well, For some reason, well, we just never seem to get going in this competition I don't know about that I mean we were in the final only a couple of years ago um, oh yeah but then, then unfortunately you know, the whole Jose Mourinho Ryan Mason thing happened yeah but... yeah. I mean we were in the semis and lost to Chelsea but it just um, always seems to be like that final for us it seems to be the final push yet yeah, this time around it seems to be the very first push which yeah is, I mean, oh. uh, the the issue with Tottenham and Cup competitions for quite a while is been that there seems to be every single manager prioritizes trying to get top four over winning a cup. Yep. Now you can look at that two ways. You can look at it that unfortunately that's modern football. That's kind of like I want to be playing in the Champions League, I want to be managing the Champions League, I want a squad of players who are Champions League quality. Yep. I can't have that unless I'm in the bloody Champions League. Yeah, you need that and kind so, of appeal and the draw of the Champions League to get players. So in. you can you can kind of look at that and go, okay, if you're if you're trying to say Tottenham are a club of that size, which is where the ambition of the club is apparently, then okay, you can look at that. The the more, uh, I I guess, uh, and I gotta put this out there. I mean, I I've said this on the podcast loads of times. I am not in the Levy out, Levy in campaign thing, one way or another. I'll, I'll call it as I see it. When yep. the guy does stuff I think's wrong, I'll say that. When he does stuff I think's right, I'll say that. And I try to present a very unbiased opinion on that. But one of the things that does concern me with this is when it is successive managers seem to not think the cups are worth being in, Yeah, it does make you wonder why that is. Because, like, I think anyone will know, if you go into a certain job, you, you get given your kind of, this is your job role. And I mean, anyone who's played the football manager game, like, just to be silly now, you play the football manager game, you take on a new job, and they lay out to you, like, this is our vision. And they'll say to you, like, we expect you to have a bloody good go at trying to win the FA Cup or a really good cup run. We want to do this. Mm. And, like, jokingly almost, at Tottenham, when you when you join them in football manager on the game, it's like, the League Cup, we don't care. Oh, Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, 
And you kind of look at this and, and I'm kind of like, okay, if you apply this to real life, you know, every job you're given your kind of expectations. If you are a head coach at Tottenham and you are told, I don't care about winning the FA Cup, I don't care about winning the League Cup, you need to get me to top four. That's how I'm going to evaluate you. If you don't get top four and you win cups, I'm not, you know, that's not good enough. You need to be top four and cups or top four. Yep. then you, of course, are going to prioritise the league because that is your job. You've been employed by this person to come in and that is your role, that is your job. It would seem strange to me that very different people in Pochettino, um, Conte, the one we won't mention, Jose, and now Ange, who, let's face it, most of them are very chalk and cheese. There is no really... Even Jose and Conte are very different. Like, still toxic bastards, but differently. Yes. Um, you got to look at that and just be kind of like, okay, if if every single one of those successively have prioritised the league over cups, what what's the common denominator there? What what's why would they all do that? Did you see my point on this? Because it just now just feels weird. Yeah. And with everything that Ange says and everything we know about him, like like you rightly said two weeks ago, there was nothing amongst anything for us to assume anything other than he would want to try and win a trophy in his first season. Desperately, yeah. The League Cup I normally is the fastest route to that, the League Cup. It's the first route to it. No, literally, like the finals in like February or something. It is literally the yeah. first... Cut you can trophy, get, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what the hell? <laughs> to to make that many changes, I mean, I I said this to you, and I said this to a few people on Twitter. He is making the point that he sees all of these players in his squad every day in training, and they are all obviously hitting the level he expects from the players he's picking. He's obviously seeing the level he expects. He has rotated certain players in and out, and they've done well. Yep. So, in his head, I can well believe he put that team out looking at it going, that's a bloody good team. It's going to keep like the other lads fresh. They're on the bench if I need them. But that is a bloody good team. We've worked you know, for a day or so. This is going to, you know, we're going to be good. And it wasn't. No. It, it was awful, and it was disjointed, and it was everything you... Once it once the game started and you saw how they were playing, it was seven or eight changes from the previous... And you looked at it, and it was that. It That's was exactly that what it looked changes. like. Yeah. There was no cohesion. There was no no kind of... There was no Ange ball. There was, there was none of it. And, and that was kind of a disappointing thing. I'd said... I think I said to you before the game started... I have watched every coach for a long time field a heavily rotated team and they be crap all over the place. Yeah. Sometimes we scrape a win with them, but it's never good to watch. And I'm like, everything Ange has done so far has been enjoyable to watch. Yep. So I'm intrigued. Like, this is going to answer a question for me. Has he been able to instill all of this in this entire you know, squad, then therefore they're all ready and they're all ready to go. Yeah. But the answer is no. When, when you rotate that many players, it was all over the place. 
And I, I do want to just add to this because I think it's an important thing to do. A lot of people have just gone, well, everyone who played in that game is not good enough. You know, you can see none of them are good enough. And this is the big thing. You are looking at a group of players who are squad options. These are players that are going to come on as a sub in a game. They're going to come in and out of games to cover injuries. Uh, well, at least nine of them, yeah. But when they do that, they're doing it on the basis of being surrounded by the rest of the settled team. So, of course, they will look better because they are surrounded by a cohesive unit. I mean, yeah, Whereas... you, you swap out a... I'm going to stick to my Lacelso thing. You swap out Madison for Lacelso. But yeah. he's still got Son and Kului the side of him, and he's still got Basuma behind him. Yeah, he's going to look a lot better player. Yeah, I mean, it's just he is going to be into the system and the settled. You know, if you think of the system like the machine, the players are the cogs. You take a cog out, put another cog in, the machine keeps moving. You take all the cogs off, start replacing them, the machine's going to break down. Yeah. So it just like that analogy works for me with this. And when people try and write players off because of the performance in the League Cup, I think it's important they try and keep the context of that was a heavily rotated side and it looked it. It looked all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we created this new leadership group where we got a captain and two vice captains. And no one played in that game have started that game. Yeah. And then Ben Davis gets given the arm, but I've got nothing but love for Ben Davis, but he's been at the club a long time. So, yeah, I get it. He's a senior player there, but he's not part of the new leadership group. As far as I'm aware, he's never really been part of the leadership groups. No. So, Cutie Romero, Sonny, and uh, Madison, none of them are starting. One of them should, in my opinion. Like, you've set up this new leadership group, this new cohesive thing, I don't see, you know, I don't understand three games into the season, I don't see that fatigue should have been a massive factor. Now, if any of them had knocks, I'd understand. Madison had that knock before, so I can completely understand two games that close together. Madison doesn't start. I get that. I I really do. And for me, I am not going to knock Sanchez, because that seems to be what the whole of Twitter does. But for me, we had Van de Ven start, yeah. Romero should have been next to him. Yeah. That is going to be our centre-back partnership. You want them playing at every opportunity to build that bond. Yep. He's also a vice-captain, so you give him the armband. Yep. And I, I, I can almost guarantee if you've got Romero on the pitch and he's got that captain's armband on, we are at least one gear higher in our play. Yeah. Because he does genuinely seem like the sort of bloke where if you're not playing well enough, he's going to come slap you in the back of the head. Uh, I mean, he hits people when they score goals. I mean, I dread to think what he'd do if he you know, scored an own goal. Poor Van de Ven probably would have been sparked out. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he, I feel sorry for him. He has just been on like, two own goals in four games. And neither yeah, of I them, mean, anything he could do about. No, I mean, people were worried we weren't going to replace Kane, but, you know, we've got a guy who scored two and four. I think that's we're a doing well. ratio so yep. far, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, everyone who listens knows I hate just sort of diving into negatives. So let's try and wrap this up. Um, I, I, I do think agree. it was a horrible... Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. I, I no, 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 do agree know. what Anne said, though. Without European games, etc., 
He has got a squad of players. He needs to know what they can do. And yeah. I, I, but I do believe the rotation was too many. You know, maybe four players kind of come in, change a bit around. I don't think the nine was. I think that was a bad move. The nine swaps. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how quickly uh, things can change as well, and and I think this is kind of um, uh, societal, not just football, but football is like a real microcosm for it, especially football social media, <laughs> where yep. it was before the game, you know, sharing videos of Robbie Williams singing Big Ange Ball, you know, yep. everyone over the moon, the tickets for the away end sold out. Tottenham fans are buying tickets for the home end because Fulham fans didn't care enough to go and we're all hyped up beyond belief. By the time the game's over, the, you know, everyone's ready to burn the football club down. Um, it is amazing how sharply that can turn. Yeah. And again, this kind of goes into uh, this kind of feeling of do you, do you know that um in The Godfather and there's a famous gif of it, you know, like just when I think I'm out, they, you know, they pull me back in, yep. that kind of thing. And with Tottenham, there's been loads of times over the years I've used that in terms of like, oh, you know, I'm done with this stupid frigging football club. They do my frigging head in. Oh, hang on. Oh, that's a good signing. All right, you got me interested. I'll see how he plays. <laughs> or, oh. Ange Postacoglu wouldn't my first choice, but that's an interesting... You know, I've done a lot of reading. I'm now really on board. Let's see what Hopefully, happens. Hopefully, oh, yeah, the football's really good. They've got me. They've got me back in. So there are loads of instances of that. And then I saw someone on Twitter today, and apologies, I can't name-check you. So if you're someone who's listening, then um, message me and shout at me for it. But um, I just basically saw someone said Tottenham repeatedly are the reverse of this meme of this gift mm-hmm. which is just when I think I'm in just when I think I'm back and I'm yeah I'm loving this club again and they do something to push me away like they almost deliberately want to aggravate fans from the ticket price rise to, to everything that the club just seemed to do on a regular basis to seemingly in this game just not care about winning a cup yes when, when, when you're a club that is belittled and a fan base that are mocked on a daily basis oh yes, for never winning a trophy, uh, trophy dodgers, blah, 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 blah. And like I've said before, it done, you know, it's kind of water off a duck's back for me. Like my joy in football doesn't come from lifting a trophy and that's true. Yeah. But of course I want, I want to see us try and win things. I want to see us, uh, you know, show ambition when, when you hear the chairman say on a regular basis, you know, we are here to win, it's not, you know, I know the perception's this, but it's not. Well, show us that. Show yep. us that. Because at the moment you don't. You say it, you know, the words, lovely words, but you don't actually, you know, walk the walk. Yeah. And uh, I think further to that now is that obviously we've gone out of the League Cup, so we are going to play the... We are potentially going to play... You know, if we get knocked out of the FA Cup in the third round, for example, this would be the first 40-game season for us in, I think someone worked out, 14, 15 years. Jeez. Which, which you know, with no Europe and out of the Cups at the first first hurdle. I mean, that's kind of insane. That that's I mean, that's how bad that is. Um, forget, you know, every, every other aspect. Now... 
you can try and find positives. Of course, you can try and find positives. Um, and the one thing I would say to kind of wrap that discussion point up, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. is to say I knew going into this year, this season was going to be all about reshaping, rebuilding the squad, which is likely going to take more than one window. Yes. And I knew my expectations for us were zero. Like, losing Harry Kane, for example, so that's 30 goals, so 20 to 30 goals a season's gone. Yep. You looked at, you looked at us last season, if you took them away and the points that they won, we were in a lot of trouble. You know, we were really, really down there because of our defence. Yep. So my my expectation really going into this season was very low. And my hope was that Ange would start to rebuild the squad, rebuild the team and get us playing good football. And at least that would be something I could hold on to. And we would you know go through the season and, and just see where we are. Like I had no expectation, just see where we end up. Yeah, agree. Now, I think... I think the opening three games possibly gave me, you, everybody uh, an in a kind of increased false hope opinion. Of, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess false hope, but just kind of like a this is actually really good. Not only is it good to watch, we're actually getting results. Yeah, you know, uh, people opening day two two away Brentford. That's not a bad result. That was a better actually. result than a lot of people gave credit for. A lot. I mean, Brentford then went on and mauled somebody, and also not many teams go there. And I think only two people won there all of last season. Yeah. So, so going there, grabbing a point, okay, that was actually quite a good result in the opening game. To then beat Man United so well, to then beat you know uh, Bournemouth away so well, it's been a very good start. And I think perhaps that you know not only playing good football. But winning and getting the results, it was just kind of like, oh, maybe my expectations need to be raised. Uh, and then, boom, you know, the, the rug was pulled out from underneath me and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, crap, I forgot. We, we have a lot of work to do to be good again. Yeah. Um, so uh, we did uh, put a thing out for people to send in their questions and topics. Oh, it is. As, as per usual, when Tottenham have lost a game, it's very quiet. Um, so when when things are good, we tend to get loads of like, oh, talk about this. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's silent. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it, it can be a change actually because it's either silence or it's just a lot of anger. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So it's time to hand the show over to our fellow Tottenham fans. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Right then, mate. Uh, Facebook or Instagram? I always, always say Instagram first. So, Facebook. Jackass. (laughs) Um, We have two questions there because there were other comments, but they appeared to be replying to the questions. So, I think you kind of missed the point of the post. Uh, First one's from Ryan Miller. Uh, Ryan says, from the poor performance against Fulham, did you see any positives that came out of it? My takeaways from it, it was good to see Richie get a goal, Scarlett get some minutes on the pitch. Uh, okay, I'll let you go first on that one. Richie scored. Were there any positives? Richie scored. That was a good one. We needed Richarlison to get a goal just to kind of... And his his celebration and how he looked after he scored, that meant a lot to him, that goal. Um, I agree. I think it did. So I'm hoping 
Do you remember? Like, it was I think it was Peter Crouch like couldn't score for anything, and then one goal went in, and all of a sudden like floodgates opened. He scored loads. Yeah, that'd be nice, I'm really it? hoping that's that sort. Of, this is the floodgate moment for Richie now. Well, you hate him and you slate him every single week. Exactly. And I've told and you, I am not allowing you to get on board that train. You're a massive hypocrite. I, I really am. You, you, I'm a flip flop fan. Yep. You slate someone one day and then he scores and he's he's great. Then he doesn't score and he's but, shit again. My, my so I, I've said before, my problem with Charleston is I do not like him. I do not like his like looking at him at other clubs. I've never he's never been a player I liked. He seems to sulk a lot. And spent more time rolling around on the floor pretending he was injured than actually trying to play football. And I've never liked him as a player. However, he's joined Tottenham. And it's like, right, I support this club. So therefore, I want him to score 30 goals a season. Because he is my club striker. Yep. But I don't like him. That's nice. I am... He's d- he always the says more... really nice things about I you. I know, well, it so makes me feel really bad. Terrible. Yeah. He's doing more and more things at the club, which is making me turn around and go, do you know what, actually? I, I, I dislike him a bit less now. I dislike him a bit less. I haven't got to the stage of liking him yet, but I definitely dislike him a lot considered to where he was at Everton, you know? <laughs> God. I dislike him a lot less. It's fine. You're the worst. You're like an example of the worst football fan. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> when he stops diving around on the floor because someone's run past him, then that'll take a big step into me liking him again. Uh, yeah, but he's cool. Because we've never seen a Brazilian player do that ever. No, I know. That's, that's not a thing that they and do. And like my favourite Argentinian player, never... Would go down yeah, lying yeah. in the box against Man yeah, United. Eric, Eric Lamella would never yeah. drop like a sack of shit to get someone sent off and win a penalty and then laugh about it to his face as he walked off the pitch. No, he'd never do that. That's not something he'd ever no. do. It is interesting <laughs> though, isn't it? You have this kind of like, oh, I love him. Like Lamella was our guy. He was our shit house. Yeah. And yet, because Richie was a shit house for an hour, to hate that guy. It does. That like, does seem to be actually yeah, kind and of like, like you've signed him and brought him in, and you're like, ugh. Oh, God, I can't get used to him. But he's like, no, he's our shit. It's like Romero. Romero has taken me a very, very long time for me to get on board with Cootie Romero. Yeah, it has. Um, I was there at one of the very first games um, that he played. And I watched him recklessly throw himself into tackles and get booked. And then I watched someone go for the ball. Like This was like 30 foot in front of me from where I was sat. I watched someone swipe a foot, him jump over the foot, and then need yeah. the medical team to come on because he hurt himself. Yeah. And that was, in, for me, that was an incident, nah, this is not my sort of player, that's just pissed me off. Like, why is he doing that? Yeah. You, I, I've watched you with my own eyes jump over the leg and then go down and need the medical team to come on to sort you out because you're hurt. I watched his leg miss you. Like, don't do that to me. I don't like well, that. He he might have landed off. Possible. But anyway, I was like, no, I'm out on you. That was like the second game he played or something stupid. However, now yeah. I'm a massive cutie fan now. He just took me no, a very long to time. No, you're not allowed just to Just took me a long to time to get there. Jumping on the bandwagon crap. No, you've got to stick with it. He is my <laughs> vice captain. Yeah. No, um... But no, Romero scored, so I'm very happy. Um, Richarlison scored. I'm very happy to see right. him scoring goals. Uh, yeah. um, uh, another positive for me was actually it, it showed me just how good Udogi is. Yeah. 
Um, by him not being down that left-hand side, we didn't look anywhere near as effective. Um, that's not really a positive. <clears throat> in, a, kind of... in a sense, for me, it's a positive because it shows just how well Udogi has adapted to this okay. system and stuff. So I'm quite happy to that's, see that. That's kind of like saying it's a positive for me. Harry Kane was really good. <laughs> he ain't there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair point. It's not really a positive from the game. That's just pointing out that we have better, we have players. better players. Yeah, maybe not. Okay. It's a positive from me that we need new centre half. Yeah. Yeah, I get exactly that. It's not so much of a positive, actually, is it? Sorry, Ryan, I've ruined your question there, mate. <sighs> no, I like that. A positive for me is that Richie that. scored one, but Kane scored two. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a player that ain't there anymore did really great. It's a real positive. Yeah, okay, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> so there's there's two things for me that I'm gonna and people are gonna roll their eyes. So one positive for me is we are out of this cup, right? There's nothing we can do about that. That's happened. We didn't lose the game in ninety minutes. We lost it on penalties, which let's face it, we all know we all know is a crab shoot. You know, it's like Someone's going to miss, someone else's isn't, and sometimes it goes your way and other times you're Tottenham. So that's what it is, but we didn't lose in 90 minutes, even though we didn't play well. Yeah. That, that's a little, and I know that's like really, hand me my straws, I need to clutch them. But <laughs> that is, if you start the season, four games, two draws, two wins, okay. All right. So that's kind of like, I'm, I'm trying to. Didn't play well, but didn't lose. Yeah, I know the panel is. So yep. the other thing is now we are out of that and I've got to shake that off. The one thing that I said a minute ago and is true of this season is it is a massive transition. We are not just transitioning the squad where we're selling people or trying to and we've lost Kane, etc. It is a massive transition of how the football is being played at Tottenham. And it is going to take time. And this game demonstrated that there are players that are still struggling in the new system. Yeah. Um, you know, because of the way they played in that game. And it is going to take time. And it is going to take the season. And without the extra games, so playing less games, which hurts the club economically, hurts us as fans, but is what is now, well, that is the reality now. That means there is a lot more time. On the training pitch. Think, yeah, if we have a midweek game, <clears throat> you're only yeah. going to train a little bit in the morning before. You're yeah. not going to train on game day. And most of the time, it's a relaxation, rest, recovery day after. Yeah. So we've actually yeah. gained two, two and a half days worth of training each week. Yeah, which when you are trying to completely overhaul the environment and in every window, and Andrew said this and he's right, Every window needs to be active. Every window right now needs to be because this squad needs to be completely reshaped. Yeah. Um. So, where like the minute this window closes tomorrow, the club need to immediately go right. Okay, next window. This is what we need. These are players that we weren't able to shift that need to be gone in January. Yep. Start work. Unfortunately, I don't have the faith that Tottenham do that, but that's what should happen. Yeah. Um. So there you go, that's clutching straws. And Matthew Fleming says, do you agree with Ange that he has to try out the squad despite the risk versus Fulham? We've kind of already touched on that. Um, yeah. I, I have to be honest, I'm a little bit torn on it myself. I'll, I'll bring you in after. But I, 
I completely understand that we as fans have seen this for years and are like, it ain't going to work, Andrew. It ain't going to work, Ange. I don't know why you think it's going to work. It ain't going to work. Yep. Ange yeah, hasn't been at Tottenham that entire time. His background, he's come from from uh, Australia, Japan, uh, Scotland. With the greatest respect to all of those leagues and the level of clubs in all of those countries, he possibly could have rotated eight or nine players in the club he was at and played well. Yeah, you look like at I his said, Celtic he, team. He could have played the second squad for the majority of the season in Scotland. For a, for a high number of games. And yeah. still won the league. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he has seen these players training, feel they're at a good level training, he's seen them slot in and out and look good. I can kind of understand why he thought, ah, they'll be great, this will work well. But it didn't, and I hope it's a lesson learned. Uh, that's all I can say, really, which is I hope it's a lesson learned that, okay, no, this isn't, I can't do that. Um but whether it is or not, we'll have to wait and see. And like I said earlier on, I'm not sure whether it's a lesson learned or if it's a, I have to prioritise the league because that's where my job is. I, I mean, I don't. I know. hope it's not. Um, yeah. Mate, what's, what's, what's your thoughts? Do you agree with Big Ange? No, unfortunately, I don't. I, like I said, I think four, maybe five changes at a maximum, not as many as nine. It's just, you're going to lose the cohesion of the squad. And unfortunately, yeah. that looks like what happened. Yeah, so nope, that's fair lessons enough. learned, hopefully. Um, over on Instagram, uh, the Johnny Stark, uh, hello sir, good to hear from you. He says, overall, are you disappointed or delighted with the transfer window? Oh, great question. Ha 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 ha. Okay, yeah. That is a very good question. Um, can I say both? Can Can I say I am? Equal parts delighted with the business done and very disappointed with the business not done. Uh, well, that is what I was going to say. So hopefully you're allowed to. Um, I, we have brought so in me... some great players to it. Yeah, to we also have a lot of players still at the squad that should have been gone two or three weeks ago. Like, yeah, so if you look at look at the business <clears throat> that we've done. Yep. Um, Vicario is the new number one goalkeeper. Very impressed with him very, so far. Very happy with. But Hugo Lloris is still at the club. Now, why? this what is one hell? of those things. Like, the transfer window closes 11 o'clock yep. Friday night. Yep. We are recording this on Thursday morning. We are. And Hugo Lloris has said since pretty much middle of last season... This that that was his last season with us. Yeah. We have less than forty eight hours of a transfer window, and we still got him yeah. at the club. Yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. confused by that. There's there's a lot there, but he is. Yeah, we we've yeah Hugo Lloris is still there. Um, so we signed a great goalkeeper to replace our captain and replace our long serving keeper. But he's still at the club. So again, but, positive. But what the hell is it? Is Hugo um, actually like still full on training and everything with the rest of the squad? I don't, I generally don't know. Uh, he's training on his own. He isn't. He isn't integrated into the squad. Damn. Um, and that's and that's not a that's not a Ange excluding him thing or anything. That's him because he's actively trying to leave the club. He's sort of 
I'm not part of the leadership anymore. I think he still sits and eats with the team, etc. But just he's focused on leaving, not he's keeping his fitness up and ready to look for a club. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's mental. Uh, it's awful for all concerned. I think it's just, but then there are different stories about this. Um, yeah, uh, I, I yeah. But anyway, we'll we'll leave that. Um, but on the same thing, yeah, the... we brought in James Madison. James Madison has been a phenomenal signing for us so far, and Ndombele is still training at the club. <laughs> well, I was what? I was going to go a step further with the Madison thing, which is we signed James Madison and he arrived, and we never gave him a, a shirt number, and I think everybody knew why. Oh God, yeah. We just didn't. We just didn't want to say it. Yeah. Um, but we then sold Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, so our greatest ever goal scorer has been replaced in the squad by James Madison. Very different players, and that's fine. But here we are right near the window. We've not signed a striker. Yeah. So we have sold our greatest ever goal scorer. He is literally it. We, you know, he's the record. He is the guy who has scored 20-plus goals per season for us for the last nine years. We've sold him for $100 million. So we have that in the bank. Like that's the not a small window. transfer fee. No, the transfer window closes tomorrow. Now I've said you cannot replace Harry Kane. Even if we spent that hundred million on one player, yep. you wouldn't get that level. I stand by that. And what I also said was, so you need to replace him in the aggregate. Yeah, you need to buy two we've or three signed... players that are going to score X amount of goals to tally. Well, we've that. signed. We've signed Madison. Yep. Madison can contribute goals and assists, which is what Kane did. I, I like to he, think at least 15 to 20 goals will come via Madison, be that scoring or assisting. Really? Scoring or assisting. Wow. Okay. I think he yeah. he should be able... I mean, at Leicester last season, they were relegated, and I'm pretty sure he was still like in double figures for both of them. No, he wouldn't. He got 15 combined. Was it 15 combined? Oh, okay, even so yeah. then, if he can get 15 combined for them... He can definitely get fifteen or twenty combined with the players we've got. Yeah, okay. Um but we haven't signed a striker. So so this is again, this is my point, which is like I get that you're not gonna you're not gonna throw a hundred million at a player. I get it Tottenham don't do that. Okay, fine. But there are strikers out there in the twenty to thirty to forty million bracket who would improve us. Yep. Because we'd have that out and out number nine striker. Richie doesn't appear to be it, and I, unlike you, I like him. I, I like him. I think he's a hard-working player. Um, yeah, he's got his fables, but then so did Lamella, and I love that guy. So I, I just like genuinely, I don't see at the moment that he is being pressed and pushed, and I think perhaps he needs that. I think perhaps if Tottenham signed another striker, okay, you're going to get rotated with this guy or. All right, Richie, he's going to come on at nine. You're going to go right. You're going to go left or whatever. Just generally keep the front fluid yeah. because Ange wants us pressing from the front. They are going to do a lot of running. Yep. So, but anyway, <clears throat> going back to this window, Madison come in. You've kind of half replaced Kane, but we've not replaced the other half and the window's about to close. So again, I will be I'm at a loss. so, so shocked. If that window closes and we have not brought in Ace, I mean, I'll be very no, not shocked. I'll be very disappointed. I, I, no, I completely I mean, expect us to not sign a striker before the deadline closes, and I'll be very disappointed. Well, the rumor is we're chasing a forward, a wide forward in Brennan Johnson from Nottingham Forest. 
yesterday the news broke. I mean, I'll just address this as well. <clears throat> the news broke from Spain that we had agreed a loan deal with Ansu Fati um, from Barcelona. Mate, I lost. Um, I lost my there mind. Were, there were five reputable sources in Spain. Yep. Five of them. Um, so because of that, I was like, oh, brilliant. This is, this is obviously a, a genuine thing. <clears throat> On our Spurs News Facebook page, whenever there's something like this, I post it as a rumour. Because it is. Until... Until it's confirmed, that's all it ever is, is journalist rumours. So, obviously, I've got that caveat to it, but I only ever post stuff. I mean, otherwise, I'd be posting stuff every minute of every day. If I posted every single rumour that existed. Oh, so, I only ever post stuff if it looks like, okay, that's reputable. That's come from multiple people. And I posted it with a note to say, look, at the moment, there are no English journalists confirming this because they were not they were all scrambling to. Yeah. Um. But this has come from multiple sources in Spain. I posted it, and I think half an hour... It had been, it'd been out there for about an hour. And I think half an hour later, one of them, the one that I actually genuinely trust from Spain, just put, this is this is collapsed. Brighton have now made an offer. Players going to Brighton after speaking to Deserba. And I read that, and I thought, that's got to be a joke, hasn't it? No and way has a team chosen Brighton over Tottenham, surely. I'm pretty sure Brighton are in Europe. Yeah, they are. That's what I, yeah, I realised. I was like, wait, yeah. that's that's still European football. <clears throat> and then I looked and, yeah, within a few minutes, every source went, yeah, we're now being told this. And then Fabrizio Romano jumped on it as an exclusive, even though it had been reported by countless other people because you know what he's like. And then, of course, the minute he did that, I was like, oh, great, here we go. <sighs> That one sucked. So, like, don't get me wrong. So, Brennan so Johnson, apologies, everybody. I am buzzing for Brennan Johnson to join the club. I think he is a phenomenally really? good player. I really like him. Um, I saw a fair few um, games for him at Forest, and I think he's a very good player. However, uh, I really don't rate. Ansu Fati, on the other hand, that kid is like a world class up and coming player. Yeah. Um, a lot of people seem to be like, oh, it was only a loan deal, don't care. Why do we want only loan deals? Who needs a loan deal? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get that. We we want to see permanent signings. But yeah. if Ange, for example, Ange has seen a couple of players like Dane Scarlett, etc., who are up and coming, but they just need one more season out on loan, and then they can come and be part of the first team. If you can use a player like Fatty as a stopgap for a season... Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. And yeah, without a doubt. And now we've lost him to Brighton. Yeah, I mean that I, was a I mean, that I, was a moment. That was that that was a real sit sit down and just accept for a second. Brighton have just beat Tottenham to a signing. Yeah, and and I and I think justifiably as well. Um, I I think they're they're willing to pay a hundred percent of his wages when we were haggling over it. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. Um, I, uh, so just to finish this, I I think the only thing I can say, uh, Mr. The Johnny Stark is I'm pleased with the signings we've made. I'm disappointed with the inability to move players on. Er um, Yeah. Which is an ongoing thing. Um, and I'm disappointed that the inability to move players has probably meant we weren't able to do more of the rebuild in this window. Um, so we are going to be starting the season with players 
in the squad that we have actively tried to kick out their morales in the toilet and also at the moment we are going to have a squad which not all of them can play because they can't be named we're over the 25 limit yeah i, I was going so, through it in my head and there's like there's players i'd even start to forget about brian gill yeah he's not gone out yet i say Dombele's still there eric dyer's still there we, we've managed yeah. to send Rodon and Spence on loan together to Leeds. Thank you. Yeah, Thank they, you, Leeds. They, they come as a pair. It, would it does seem, seem that went way, to Rennes it? together last season. Um, but anyway, it, it's a mess. Um, and we got the window closing. Uh, our podcast next week, we're going to do a real chat about the window because we won't have a game to talk about. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, Island brother, um, no theme. I'm sorry, but it's good to see the words "island brother" on my thing again. Uh, Tottenham will always. I didn't say it out loud, but I was fully hopeful again. Uh, Big Ange had his theme song. We seem to be moving from strength to strength. Was actually looking forward to games. Then Tuesday happened. Bang, splat, right back down to earth. But us football, impossible not to get caught up in it. Question, do you guys think that the selection in that match was a power play from Ange? That's funny, that's what you said. <laughs> um, it just flies completely in the face of the statements, not 24 hours earlier with five subs available. He could have played more from the start and 11, and players did the business and sub off the rest, subbed them off to then rest. Hope you're all well, Coys. Um, <laughs> Every time I see Coys now, I just expect to see Daniel at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Coys Daniel. Um... I uh, we we've kind of already discussed that, so um, I'm not convinced. You are concerned that maybe it was. Yeah, there's a little bit of concern. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. That's all the questions. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, greatly appreciate it. Um, so yeah, like I said, the window is closing tomorrow. As we record this, it is the 31st of August. The window closes tomorrow, the 1st of September, 11 p.m. UK time. Yep. There is so much out there in terms of rumours and what's happening next, etc., etc. I mean, I want us to um, sign a striker do... so badly, I'm missing Leandro Domiel now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are going to do a full wrap on the show next week. Uh, the next game is Saturday, um, and it's against Burnley. Sorry, we do have a game to talk about, obviously. Duh. Um, and then there's an international break. That's where my head was. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Saturday the 2nd, uh, we travel to Burnley, another away game. Um, it's a 3 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. I think we better get used to them again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, 3 p.m. kickoff on a Saturday away to Burnley. Um, so good luck to the team and Ange uh, for that one. Hopefully we can get back on track very quickly because otherwise, yeah, uh, the 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 goodwill is suddenly going to vanish hard. Uh, but mate, thank you very much for joining me again. Um, I have no idea who's going to be here next week, but whoever it is, it'd be me and them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, thank you so much for stepping in so much during the summer and hopefully you'll do that throughout the season where I'm needed yeah um, Yeah, massive thank you to everybody for continuing to listen and support the show really appreciate it we the show Spurs News Podcast will be back next week like I said to do a transfer wrap and to talk about the Burnley game until then everybody you will take care come on you Spurs thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast 
We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description. 